0: Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosher Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app. We are WRKN, 1061 NASH Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to all access on 1061 FM NASH Icon at NASHFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicati's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Lifegate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star.
1: Had a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Friday evening edition here on 1061 FM Nash Icon. We're on the web at nashfm1061.com, our tune in app available anywhere in the world for you to listen in. You can also get us via Alexa. Just tell her to play WRKN or play Nash Icon 1061 FM at home and she'll take care of that for you. Our podcast available through Sports.com. Click on more at the top of the page and then click on podcast and you have us there too. And of course, you can email me at Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or feel free to call the show at 504-260-1061. We'll get into the Saints and the latest of OTAs a little bit later on in the show. We'll also get you caught up on the latest from the LHSAA later on in the show. And we'll touch on the NBA Finals too. All of that still to come, of course. NCAA baseball regional action underway today, and all four Louisiana teams are playing this evening, Uh, some about to get started, uh, some starting in just a little bit as well, and great Louisiana representation once again, joining us to talk about that with his own podcast, very successful, which he'll tell you about, longtime radio personality as well, and a good and great friend and occasional contributor to Crescent City Sports, also is Tommy Chrysan. Tommy, always a pleasure, good evening.
2: Good evening, Ken. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, first and foremost, let's tell people about your podcast and about how that's going right now. Talking Sports with TK is available wherever you listen. It's on all
2: the major platforms, lots of LSU stuff, Major League Baseball stuff. Uh, Talking Sports with TK. Uh, Appreciate people checking that out and it. You can always connect with me on social media. You'll always have a link, Tommy Chrysan,
1: K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well done. Well stated. All right. So we've got four teams uh, that are in the tournament, all of them playing this evening. So they all got the late draw in terms of times. And, you know, let's start with, you know, the the ones that are most obvious that start the earliest, uh, southeastern Louisiana playing in the Auburn Regional as the four seed, the Lions take on the Tigers of Auburn at six. First of all, kudos to Matt Reiser and what he's done, able to overcome McNeese after losing to them four straight times to beat them twice in a row to win the Southland Conference Tournament. First of all, how did you like that format with the two split sites?
2: I really like that format because I think that puts more people in the ballpark uh, for the games, and and I tip my hat to the Southland for that, having the you know the one and two seed host, uh, you know a fourteen little playoff, if you will, and then the two meet, which was Southeastern and McNeese, and you're right, you know Mad Riser, that team overcame a lot of injuries and uh, was able to you know have their backs to the wall in Lake Charles and beats uh, uh, McNeese twice to get that automatic bid uh, for the regional and of course they get sent over to Auburn as the four seed
1: and of course that leads me to this uh, your ties to southeastern Louisiana very deep should Matt Riser be considered for that two lane position
2: Well, I knew he was interviewed six years ago when they hired Jewett. So, uh, you know, I haven't spoken to Matt lately, obviously, but I would think he has an interest being a former Tulane player. Uh, But we'll see. I don't know. I think he should be considered. There's a lot of names flying around, but uh, I'm sure the powers that be at Tulane should take a look at him. And then if they feel that's the guy that can do it, uh, I'd have no problem with
1: it. Being a Southeastern guy, you're familiar with the Lions program. And being an SEC guy, you're familiar with Auburn. Uh, what about Southeastern in this particular regional, looking at the regional as a whole and looking at whatever chances they might have uh, against Auburn this evening?
3: We
2: entered the four seed. And anything can happen, because as of Friday morning, you had 64 teams with zero wins, zero losses. Let's play ball and see what happens. Ask Fresno State back in 2008. They were a four-seed in the regional, and they won it all in Omaha, College World Series champs. So anything can happen. Uh, you, that's why you play the game. you got to get the 27 outs. We know all the cliches there. But I think Southeastern's in a good spot. They're going to have a lot of fans that will travel over to Auburn. You can drive over there. And, you know, just, just let your hair down and go play play. play hard and have fun people do not expect them to win and maybe if the things happen and they do all the good things timely hitting don't make errors and get some good pitching even if you gotta get two three four guys to to get to 27 outs anything can happen Auburn's lost four of their last five and they've been a little up and down during the course of the season but they earned the right to host the regional so hey Southeastern can just let it all hang out and go play baseball
1: Visiting with Tommy Chrysan talking about NCAA baseball and what uh, we are looking at with these regionals that are underway as we speak. Now, Auburn got the opportunity to host really at the expense of LSU. It, it kind of came down to those two to be able to host in retrospect, the way things worked out. And and, and frankly, Auburn really deserved it. LSU did not earn it, did they?
2: No, I don't think they did. You know, we, we, we don't need to recap the whole season, but there were too many times when you had the LSU team didn't play at its best, and they played better on the road than they did at home, which is very odd when you look at LSU baseball over the years. But this LSU baseball team, you know, there's a few holes in the roster, and, you know, the bullpen would have – two, three weeks where they'd be spectacular and they you know let a game get away. Typical baseball, but you know LSU didn't earn it. They were close, and I believe the committee has revealed that it was pretty close for them possibly hosting. and they won another tournament, had they won that Friday night game against Tennessee in Hoover, they would have been hosting because of what that would have done for the RPI because the Tennessee program is the top in the country. So it was close, but hey, there's also going to be uh, a lot of LSU – fans that'll follow that team but they did not deserve to host a regional close but no
1: cigar all right so let's talk about that regional i'm looking at the four louisiana teams all being placed in different regionals i like that first of all it gives them all a chance but i i think of all the ones uh that lsu probably got the best draw and that's not uh, to slight southern miss at all southern miss is good the pitching's good but i think the proximity the ballpark beat Taylor Field, which I've done several games at, is favorable to, to home runs and hitting. And the opposition. I think LSU ended up, of all the Louisiana teams, getting the best draw, the best opportunity to advance.
2: I, I agree with you completely. I mean, uh, you know, again, they, they've been good on the road this year. They expected to get Barry and Doty back into the lineup. That's a plus. Dugas might be more of a game-time decision. And uh, Jay... Johnson has played things close to the best all year. He's not going to release the lineup till so 90 minutes before first pitch, which is an NCAA rule. And we, you know, we don't know who he's going to pitch. But the draw is good for LSU. Kennesaw State, don't sleep on them. They, they got a player, Josh Hatcher, who's one of the best players in the country, and that's been a solid program for a long time. The difference is they got a first-year coach who's a former player for the Owls and a, an assistant coach before jumping into Major League Baseball for a while as a scout. But LSU is going to have to play a very good game to beat Kennesaw State. But you're correct. The draw, compared to the other three Louisiana teams, I think you'd put that one as the best.
1: Well, so much depends upon the health of the players that you mentioned because you take them out of there and it's not the same team or the same lineup. And let's face it, if they're going to win, they're going to win because they hit the ball. Uh, Their defense, which was bad for a half season or more, has gotten a little better in the last month or so, month and a half it's reflected by play on the field other than the Ole Miss series but the pitching is still the pitching which is why I think they have a chance in this regional I do not think they have a chance to go deep or be a threat uh, to win the college world series they just don't have the pitching well, I don't
2: think they have the pitch to win the college world series but in a 14 regional and then in a super regional their chances are far greater and you know you never say never but uh, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, unless the, the pitching staff just all, you know, steps it up two notches each and, you know, has this miraculous run. But you're right. They're going to win because they hit the ball and they score runs and hopefully don't make the errors that are costly. You know, if you make an error, you got to overcome it. If they're costly, it can hurt. So I think LSU's in a good spot. And I, and I think the team's feeling pretty good about everything, uh, you know, going into this regional.
1: Is it a matter of not having enough pitching talent on hand from uh, Palmineri's regime? Or is it a matter of not developing pitchers uh, starting in year one with Jay Johnson's regime? Or maybe a little bit of both?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. You know, and the injury to Javon Coleman, you know, he'd have been a a starter, a weekend starter. That that hurt a little bit. And then I think you had the learning curve between pitching coach Jason Kelly and, of course, Jay Johnson with finding out who he's got. You know, he he brought in a a guy from Arizona, Riley Cooper. We had a comfort level with him. That's why he made the 22, 23 appearances, whatever it was, because he knew what he was getting with him. It was an ongoing learning curve, learning who could do what. And Jay Johnson, I was at a meeting with him in in December, a group of guys. He told us in December that with this pitching staff he would have to use four, five, six guys. The games would be long. He's got to do everything he can to get 27 outs. So he told us that in December and it completely played out that way. So even after the fall, I think he knew what he had or didn't have and then, you know, he, everybody thought Blake Money would be the guy and then he kind of a little injury and tailed off a little bit. You tip your hat to Mikel Hilliard and what he has done. He's the best pitcher they have. Far and I think they should throw him tonight. And of course, that's a, another, that's not for me to decide, but that's what I would do, and of course, as as of his broadcast, we know if he's pitching or not, but uh, that it's been a learning curve for Jay Johnson. And here's the thing. He's a smart guy. He took Arizona to Omaha twice. He knows where the holes are in his roster, and he'll address that in the offseason.
1: And then you got Floyd. I mean, he's had some good moments, but he hasn't been as consistent as you'd like him to be.
2: Yeah, no, and he's going to throw the fastball. You know, and Kennesaw State can hit the fastball. Uh, so can Southern Miss, for that matter. I mean, if they advance, I don't know a lot about Army, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Floyd, if he had a second pitch, it'd be better. But he doesn't. And, you know, you just got to pound the strike zone and maybe let the hitters get themselves out. But Floyd's been good his last three or four outings.
1: Yeah, and then, of course, Razelman throws hard, but he's basically a one-pitch guy also.
2: Well, but, then, yeah, when you, you you one pitch is 97, 98, that, that's a plus. So, mm-hmm. But then, you know, he had, and uh, Betmeyer have been extended a little bit here in the last couple of weeks where instead of throwing that in, in or that end it in two-thirds, they've worked three, three-plus. So, you know, kind of maybe ramping them up to where if you had to go even longer with them or you had to use a guy two days in a row to get a win,
1: you know, that's what this coaching staff has put it in place for. Louisiana Tech is in Austin in the Austin Regional, where Texas is the host. And and Tech plays Dallas Baptist uh, this evening in just a little bit. And obviously, first of all, Dallas Baptist is a really, really good baseball program. They're there every year. They're in the Sweet 16, it seems, every year. So that's a tough draw. That's a good team that Tech's playing.
2: Yeah, no question. I mean, Dallas Baptist. I mean, there's a lot of baseball players in Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex. I mean, there's more people there than the whole state of Louisiana. So, you're right. They've been a solid program year in and year out. Of course, a member of their staff last year, Dan Fitzgerald, is now with the LSU staff. Mm -hmm. But uh, Tech's going to have their hands full with Dallas Baptist and in that regional. But here's a team that beat some teams earlier this year, including LSU and Tulane. They hosted a regional last year. They got that experience. That's important. They've been there, done that stuff. So, you know, we'll see what can happen for for Louisiana Tech. But that's going to be a challenge over there in Austin because the Longhorns are pretty darn good, as always. And and, uh, Tech will have to play really good baseball.
1: Which, of course, brings me to Lane Burroughs and the job that he's done. With the Bulldogs. He's just done a fantastic job. I got to believe this is one guy, and this is not taking anything away from tech, but this is one guy that the bigger programs in the country ought to have on their radar. He's just done a great job.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure they do have him on his radar. He's been a solid coach for a long time, and, you know, he used to be at Northwestern State, which is almost like a breeding ground for really good coaches if you look over the decades. But, you know, so he has done a fantastic job. You know, they got the park all fixed up after the weather situation and tornadoes and stuff that that tore up. Louisiana Tech, and uh, he's done a good job, but most importantly, he's got a lot of good players that have come into Rustin wearing the Bulldog uniform, and, and they get after it. They're Bulldogs on the field. Very appropriate
1: nickname. They play, they play hard all nine innings. They do, and, and again, in terms of that particular regional, uh, any thoughts about their chances there? Is it too much to ask for playing at Dish Falk with Texas Hosting?
2: It's probably a little too much with Texas playing there in in Austin. It it could be a little too much for Louisiana Tech.
1: Meanwhile, the other team from Louisiana is the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns, and they are in the College Station Regional at Texas A&M, and TCU is the opponent. Now, that in itself is an interesting regional because the NCAA always finds a way to make these (laughs) things happen. But, of course... Jim Schlossnagel, who was Rick Jones' top assistant at Tulane for many years, is now the head coach at Texas A&M, and he's done a really good job. But where did he come from? TCU. Of course, TCU is there in College Station, and there's a potential matchup of Schlossnagel against his former team. But first, TCU would have to get past the Raging Cajuns. Uh, the the Raging Cajuns did a good job to win their conference tournament. It was kind of unexpected, but clearly this is a program that's that's back on the rise. Tony Rovishow did such a great job, and to see where they're at now uh, is, it's heartwarming, because it was such a loss to lose Coach Rovishow, and when you look at, you know, Matt Deggs and Seth Thibodeau, the job they've done, they've got this program back in a good place.
2: Yeah, you know, the three Louisiana teams, not named LSU, I think the Rangers have the best chance to win uh, the regional uh, of between Dem Tech and Southeastern. And the Raging Cages played well down the stretch, other than stumbling against Texas State, who was an outstanding team, really, probably their best team, one of their best teams ever. But the Raging Cages, what they did in that Sun Belt tournament with their backs to the wall more than once, including in the championship game, they found a way to win. That's got to give them a tremendous amount of confidence going forward. And, you know, uh, the Raging Cages have always played with a little chip on their shoulder, uh, even going back to, to Tony Robeshow's days, a, a guy I competed against in college and was a dear friend, and we miss him every day. But Matt Dex has done a good job, and they
1: got a lot of good ball players, and Rockefeller could be one of the best players in the country. Yeah, uh, listen, I, I think I, I agree with you. I think of the four teams, they might have the second best shot, uh, given the circumstances. A&M's good, but it's not a great team. And for that matter, you know, with the SEC this year. Arkansas, I thought, underachieved a little bit. I thought they were elite and they didn't play to that level quite a bit at the time. Tennessee's out of sight. But after Tennessee, you didn't really see that, that killer team in the SEC. Yeah, nobody really stepped up as the quote-unquote number two team. You know,
2: Tennessee, you know, one of the best college baseball teams ever put together. Many people have said that top to bottom when you look at all facets and all layers. But, you know, Arkansas did underachieve, you know, and, uh, you know, but they're still very powerful. They're a team that's been there, done that. They got the mental capacity to go ahead and, you know, turn it on and get, get a couple of timely hits and anything can happen. I mean, you know, that's a solid program and has been for many years. You can't really just count them out, even though they didn't perform overall this season like some people expected.
1: Tennessee the favorite going into the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I
2: think the only team that can beat Tennessee is Tennessee. Uh, you know, if they go out and, you know, don't pitch the ball well make errors uh, don't get the hitting you uh, know certainly there's teams out there capable of beating them but man I've watched them play a bunch this year and top to bottom they're pretty good and they have a chip on their shoulder Tony patello it starts with him you know and they they have a little swag as people like to call it and you know they're not afraid to you know do that and but they're but aside from that it's a one heck of a college baseball team
1: Tommy, before we let you get away remind people about how they can follow you
2: Talking Sports with TK is my podcast available on all the major platforms. Wherever you get your podcasts, connect with me on social media. I'm happy to do that. Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You'll always have a link to all of our stuff and the many other things I have going on uh, in the world of uh, sports casting.
1: Tommy Chrysan, always a pleasure, my friend. Appreciate the visit. Uh, have yourself a wonderful weekend.
2: You too, Ken. I'm looking forward to doing some scoreboard watching. (laughs) All
1: right, Tommy. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Tommy Chrysan. Again, follow him. He does a great job. And again, those regionals underway now just as we speak. And we'll give you the full laydown, layout, low down. get the words right, on CrescentCitySports.com of all of the results. And, of course, we'll talk about it extensively tomorrow morning on the Three Tailgaters Show from 10 to noon as well. So all of that to come. Speaking of what's to come, we'll talk about the NBA coming up. Also, when we return, we'll get into the New Orleans Saints. What to expect, OTAs continuing, and what about the depth chart? We'll talk about that next as we continue with more of All Access for a Friday night. Ken Trahan with you here on 1061 FM NASH ICON and at NASHFM1061.com.
0: If your vehicle squeals or grinds when you slow down or just isn't stopping like it used to, you may need new brake rotors and pads. Now through June 28th at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get 15% off a set of brake best select or import direct brake pads and two rotors. Restore safe braking and save money now at O'Reilly Auto Parts or
1: order online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, oh, oh,
3: O'Reilly
2: Auto Parts.
5: At Boost Mobile, you get the power of the iPhone SE when you switch, which means the power to stream your favorite shows. Download all the music. The power to FaceTime your ex. It's over. Stop calling me. On Second Thought, don't call your ex switch now and get an iPhone SE for $0 all on one of America's largest 5G networks more power to save Boost Mobile free phone limited to new customers in one per line excluding tax additional restrictions apply 5G not available everywhere see BoostMobile.com for details and stop calling your ex she doesn't want to hear from you anymore I have two dogs Sam and Bailey both are golden retrievers poor Sam he was a mess always itching his paws were soaking wet all day from just constant
3: licking he had bald spots on his back I just don't like putting shocks
5: and steroids into
2: your dog all the time
4: dot
5: com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues
2: are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been
5: a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dog's Actually,
2: salivate like I'm getting them matrice. They drool over it. DynaVite is the best thing you can do for
5: your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my DynaVite from com What's all the buzz about cleaning your nose, nasal hygiene, and navage 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 The science is simple your nose is the body's air filter for trapping allergens and viruses, but it's not perfect. Like washing your hands and brushing your teeth, it's time to start cleaning your nose, too. Navaj uses powered suction to pull saline in one nostril to the back of the nose where most allergens and viruses multiply, then flushes them out the other nostril before they reach your lungs. My name's Martin Hoke and I didn't invent nasal irrigation, it's been around thousands of years. I did invent Navage to make it easy for everyone. In less than 30 seconds, you can clean your nose. And because it's all natural and drug-free, it's safe to use Navage every single day. Are you ready to join nearly 3 million people who use Navage to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier? At Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, and Target. Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean Nose, Healthy Life.
2: Cheers to 30 years. The New Orleans Wine and Food Experience is celebrating 30
5: years for a good cause. Join us June 7th through 12th for wine dinners at Vanola, our high-end wine tasting event at the Four Seasons Hotel, and at our grand tastings
2: with wines from around the world and food from New Orleans' finest chefs. Let loose
5: at our burlesque show or our drag show or both. Tickets are available now at Naufie.com. Must be 21 to attend. This report is sponsored by Dairy Queen. Hey, DQ fans, make sure to cast your vote for the official combo meal of MLB at DQ.com. With Tim Anderson's Burger and Blizzard meal and Bryce Harper's Burger and Blizzard meal, you just have to try both. Vote for your favorite at DQ.com. Happy Taste Good. Welcome to
1: your Daily Sports Report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The New Orleans Saints continue OTAs today. Most players are hand, including Jarvis Landry, who was on hand for the first time yesterday. The Saints signed former Southern Miss offensive lineman Kalik Washington. LSU opens play in the Hattiesburg Regional against Kennesaw State today. Tigers sophomore Dylan Cruz, collegiate baseball first-team All-American. Southeastern Louisiana opens play in the Auburn Regional against Auburn. Louisiana's Raging Cages battle 2 cu in the College Station Regional. And Louisiana Tech takes on Dallas Baptist in the Austin Regional. In the NBA Finals, Boston used a huge fourth quarter to beat Golden State 120-108 in San Francisco. 17-0 run in the fourth quarter, they outscored Golden State 40-16 in the final frame. Al Horford, 26 points, Steph Curry at 34. And in the NHL Western Conference Finals, Colorado shut out Edmonton 4-0 to take a two games to none lead. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed weekend and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan.
0: Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 106.1 NASH ICON and at NASHFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061.
1: Welcome back to the show. Ken Trahan with you on this Friday evening. And, of course, the New Orleans Saints with OTAs continuing minicamp coming up in about two weeks as well. And most participants on hand. And of course, most healthy, the questions linger about Michael Thomas in particular, certainly about Taysom Hill and that Liz Frank injury, and also about Jameis Winston and his progress, which to this point is very good, even though some remain concerned about where he might be when it's time to really put the pads on and play. Of course, we'll find out soon enough about that, but you have to believe everything you hear and everything you've seen with regard to To Jameis Winston the Michael Thomas situation remains fluid you just don't know because we haven't seen this guy in a long time and that injury has lingered and it required another surgery and the Saints went out and got another slot receiver in Jarvis Landry you'd like to think that's to augment what they have in particular with Thomas coming back and with Olave in the fold but you just really aren't never sure if he's going to be back full-fledged and what's he going to look like and what's he going to play like I think if he's back I think he can be most of what he was previously, if not all. But again, you just don't know until you see it, right? And that's one of the situations we're just going to have to wait and see how it unfolds. But certainly I think the others are, are concerns that you know are minor from this perspective. Taysom Hill, you just don't know with that Liz Frank. He had one of the other. But now he's got this one, and it takes time. The plan is to have him at tight end. But when you look at where the Saints are right now, Again, there's been speculation about adding a quarterback. I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Even though national people have mentioned Baker Mayfield, oh, he'd be a good fit. Okay, there's the money, there's the performance issues, and he's not a bad player. Uh, He's got physical ability. He may not be the guy that they drafted in terms of where they got him, that being Cleveland, but he can play. But I don't think he's, he's coming here. Look, they believe Winston will heal. They tried for Deshaun Watson. Now they're probably happy it didn't happen, by and large. But understandable why they tried. He's an elite talent. So Winston is your guy. You expect him to be healthy. You've got a veteran in Andy Dalton ready to play if needed who can step in and play and win a game for you. We know this already. Time has told us this. Performance has told us this. And then you've got Ian Book, who got one look last year, and it wasn't a fair look at all in the game we saw against Miami. And I don't think that really deterred the Saints from liking him enough to be able to look at him longer. And I think they will. So I think that's where they're at with the quarterback. room. I just don't think it's going to change. I, I just don't. So to me, that's where they're at. Meanwhile, when you look at the running back position, that's a little bit more of an issue. Because of Alan Kamara's situation. But not just because of Kamara's situation, but because of the makeup of the position. Mike Ingram, solid but longer in the tooth. Future Saints Hall of Fame inductee in my book. And then Tony Jones, who simply didn't prove himself last year to become the guy they thought he would be. Latavius Murray's still out there, but would you try to bring him back? A year older. Is there another veteran move in place, or do they think that Abram Smith, the rookie free agent out of Baylor, can be the latest free agent find, which they've been very good at locating, as you know over the years? So there's that possibility too. But this is a room that they could address, in my estimation, prior to the start of the season. We'll see. And of course, we don't know how long we have to wait till the whole Camara thing sorts itself out. The fullback is Adam Prentice. That looks pretty stable with no real competition. In terms of the wide receiver position, you obviously have to count on Michael Thomas. You have to count on Jarvis Landry. You have to count on Chris Olave. You have to count on Marcos Calloway. Those four guys in particular. Then you got Treyquan Smith who they brought back. Likely a roster guy. How much? We'll see. Blocks in the run game and consistent in the pass game. Deontay Hardy is your speed guy. And obviously can be used in those circumstances. And considering Jameis Winston's strength is throwing the ball deep, certainly I think Hardy still has a spot at the wide receiver position when needed. But he can focus on being a return guy by and large, in particular with the addition of Olave. So that room looks pretty solid and strong, assuming Michael Thomas is back. Tight end position, Adam Troutman. Disappointing season last year a little better toward the end, had some injuries. He did block better than I think people expected, but he's got to catch the ball better, frankly. Nick Vanette, veteran guy, blocker, not much of a receiver. Taysom Hill is the wild card. Can he be that guy? I mean, he is is a really good athlete, and he's a guy that certainly has the ability athletically to put it out there and be very good for you. The question is, will he be back in time? Can he acclimate himself well enough to the position, which we've seen him play? And and we know that he can line up there and do a good job. So I think all of that certainly is applicable where a tight end is concerned. Then you look up front, offensive line. Left tackle is the big question. Is it going to be James Hurst? I think he will get the first crack. And I think they like him well enough. Trevor Penning doesn't have to be rushed. Although, if he breaks through and shows you enormous ability, don't be shocked if he becomes a starter at some point during the season. Right tackle is Ryan Ramchek. Left guard is Andrus Pete. The right guard is Cesar Ruiz, and Eric McCoy is the center. Calvin Throckmorton is a backup, no question about that. And we know either Penning or Hurst will be a backup. Those are certain. And with regard to Ruiz, we'll see what Doug Marone can get out of him. That remains to be seen if that can happen. So you flip it to the defensive side of the ball. Defensive end. You got Carl Granderson, of course, who can play there. But you have Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport, obviously. And then you get Peyton Turner, who didn't play last year. He was the number one pick. Antonio Passignan, who can play inside or outside. Valuable player when healthy. He was solid, too, a year ago. And the fact that he can fluctuate inside and outside helps. Because inside, you got David Onyemata, who's got to play better than he played last year. Of course, he was suspended for six games. That didn't help. Shy Tuttle, solid rotation guy. Malcolm Roach has been a surprise and done a nice job. Contavia Street is a guy that figures in the mix. And then obviously, you know, you, you wait to see if they can get help from Jackson, who they drafted. My backer spot. We know about Demario Davis. We know about Pete Warner; well, They figure to be the primary guys and you know they trust burner they like him and we know davis is just a standout player and the leader of this team you got andrew dowell who can contribute there you got Caden ellis who could start there when he plays at the strong side when they do play the strong side linebacker and then zach bond a draft pick who you gotta think this is a put-up or shut-up year for him and you drafted demarco jackson it's going to come from that mix uh, no question about that and we look to see exactly what's going to happen. Meanwhile, when you look at the defensive back spot, Marshawn Lattimore certainly is on one corner. Paulson Adebo, probably the other. Bradley Roby, re-signed, solid, ready to roll. And then, you know, you've got slot player, C.J. Gonder Johnson, who's elite. You got Alante Taylor, who will be a special teams guy, and he figures to play in the secondary, too. And then you move to the safety spot. And you got Terran Matthews stepping in, and you got Marcus May stepping in. You got to find chemistry quickly with two new guys. Of course, May figures to be suspended for a game or two. We'll see to start the season. And then, of course, he's also recovering from an Achilles injury. PJ Williams re signed. You got JT Gray, the special teams demon, who can play the safety spot, too. I think this is a key spot because you got two new guys back there. And. You know, without the presence of Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins, just what's it going to look like? How's it going to feel? How are they going to mesh? And how well are they going to perform? These are legitimate questions with regard to the secondary, which I think is an area to watch very, very closely. I think the kicking game is is solid, and it's there. Will Lutz coming back makes a huge difference. There's one game last year they would have won with a kicker, with Lutz in particular, and maybe two. And that's all it took to make the difference last year. You would have made the playoffs. If he's back and he's Will Lutz, you're fine. Blake Gillikin was a great find by the Saints and obviously performed extremely well last year. It, it hurt to lose Thomas Morstead, but it was the right move to make. It. And with Gillikin, clearly, you've got a guy that looks like he's got a great future. And with Deontay Hardy, you've got one of the best return men in the league. You have to keep him on the field and stay healthy because he's a, an electric guy. You don't get chances to return kickoffs typically, but Punchy can make a difference there. And his return numbers were hurt last year, primarily because of injuries, and he had to play a lot more offensively. I just think that he he gets focused more on return game this year with Alave present and with Thomas alleged to return and with the presence of Landry. I suspect that's going to be the case. So Hardy figures more in the return game, which is as it should be, and therefore I think uh, they're in better shape where that's concerned. So overall, what are you looking at here? From my perspective, I think you're looking at a better overall roster. But the questions persist. What about the safety spot? What about left tackle? And what about the running back spot? Those are clearly issues in the tight end spot. So even though I think it's a better roster, it's not a a perfect roster, and it's not even close to perfect, it's a a flawed roster like everybody, by and large, with questions to be answered. If you can answer two of the four questions – you'll be okay. If you can answer three of the four positively, you'll be pretty good. If you answer all four positively, you'll be real good. And in the NFC, where in my estimation, there aren't that many outstanding teams, I think there's a real shot for this team to emerge as a playoff team and a winning team with 10 wins or more. I I certainly am leaning toward that and looking at that at this point in time. I really don't see any reason not to feel that way, even though the oddsmakers in Las Vegas don't have this as one of those teams. And I understand why. Once again, it's the Sean Payton respect, and that's clearly understandable. And it's also the the question marks about Jameis Winston and whether people on a national level feel he can be that guy on a consistent basis, not just on a six or seven game basis, as we saw a year ago. So those questions are there. They're legitimate questions, but I still think they're in a pretty good place. And then, of course, with the schedule as it is, the Saints have to get a good start. They get off to a good start it's going to take care of things. And if they win in their division, it's going to take care of things. In a division that's simply not very strong. When 4 of 6, you're in decent shape. When 5 of 6 in the division, you're in good shape. And I think that clearly has to be the mindset and the goal looking ahead to what to expect for the New Orleans Saints in the 2022 season. That's my take on the current scenario with regard to the roster and also my take on what this team looks like at least at this point in time. Stay tuned because it changes, and it's going to change prior to training camp in late July and prior to the preseason in August and prior to the regular season, which, of course, gets underway in September. That's the fun part of this, so we look forward to it. We continue on on this Friday night. Ken Frahan with you, and we'll take a time out here, and we'll continue in just a moment here with more of All Access. Rudy Dixon, our producer, glad you're with us and back following this here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. And as always on the web at nashfm1061.com.
4: Get Macy's lowest prices of the season and save big on summer style essentials like 50 to 60% off all designer suits for an effortless touch of cool. 40 to 75% off fine jewelry to complete any look. And get ready to jet set with Tag Ridgefield luggage sets just 74 dollars Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Sign up for free at macys.com slash star rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices exclusion supply.
1: Hi, Tom Bodette here. Have you ever noticed how people talk in that same weird voice to their dogs? Just like this? Well, it sure gets a dog's tail wagging. Wondering if I can get your ears all perked up the same way when I tell you, That pets stay free at Motel 6. With a clean, comfortable room and a great low rate. Now who's a good human? I think you are. <laughs> I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, the proud sponsor of pets. And we'll leave the light on. For you. Yes we
5: will,
0: yes we will. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day.
4: Diamonds Direct right now. There's nothing standing in your way of owning the piece of jewelry you've been dreaming of. No down payment and no finance charges for five whole years on any purchase. Take the amazing Diamonds Direct price you're used to, divide by 60, and that's your payment. It's a smart way to buy. Keep your money in your pocket and still add that amazing ring, band, or bracelet to your collection. Even the upgrade you've been wanting. Five years, zero interest on any purchase. Only at Diamonds Direct. Get all the details at DiamondsDirect.com on approved
5: credit. This report is sponsored sponsored by Dairy Queen. Hey, DQ fans, make sure to cast your vote for the official combo meal of MLB at DQ.com. With Tim Anderson's burger and blizzard meal and Bryce Harper's burger and blizzard meal, you just have to try both. Vote for your favorite at DQ.com. Happy Taste good.
4: This is Josh Danzig with Where you At Magazine and WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon. Catch Great Live Theater starting Thursday and running through June 12th with Disney's The Little Mermaid Jr. at the Cutting Edge Theater. And for a four-day festival of all things horror, check out the Overlook Film Festival starting Thursday at Canal Place Theaters. Log on to our website, whereyatt.com, to vote in our Best of the Big Easy contest. And save the date for June 15th for the Neptunia Gin Mix-Off Finals at the Virgin Hotel, featuring no-cover, complimentary cocktails, and more.
5: Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital.
0: This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NASHFM1061.com.
1: Welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us on this Friday night. Ken Frahan with you. And of course, the NBA Finals underway. What did you think of what we saw last night? That was pretty wild. To say the least, the way that game unfired, unveiled itself, I should say. It was crazy because Golden State looked like They had the better of it. Look, when you watched the first half, that's 56-54. It's an even game. But then Golden State comes out firing in the third quarter. They get their fan base crazy. They outscore Golden State 38-24. I mean, outscore Boston 38-24 and take a solid lead going to the fourth quarter. 12 points. And then what happens in the fourth quarter? Total dominance. First of all, Steph Curry went cold. They had carried Golden State, and when he went cold, it changed everything. Nobody else was there to pick them up. Golden State scored 16 points in the fourth quarter, 16. Meanwhile, Boston scored 40, and they shot the lights out. And if the Celtics shoot the ball like that, forget about it, because they defend so well. Boston shot 51.2% from three-point range, made 21 of 41 from distance. Crazy. And now Horford was the star of the game six for eight from three point range nine of 12 from the field 26 points six rebounds three assists he's the ultimate team guy very positive great move by brad stevens to bring him back he had coached him previously and now in the front office brought him back and he is the glue guy who's made a difference with this team jason tatum's a heck of a player but last night he was three for 17 on his first big day on the stage on the big stage Guy that wants to be considered one of the top five the to ten players in the league didn't look the part. Scored only 12 points, but he facilitated 13 assists to offset his terrible shooting night. And he did have five rebounds. And of course, Jalen Brown's a terrific player. He had 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists. And Marcus Smart is a beast. He defends like crazy. And he made four three pointers. And he scored 18 points with five boards and four assists and was really good. And then of course Derek White off the bench. He has emerged as a true star. Great move by Stevens and company to go get him from San Antonio. 21 points for White. Brilliant player. Pritchard had eight. He played well. So there's that on the Celtics side. The question on the other side is, where's the rest of the punch coming from? Clay Thompson had 15. That's not enough. Andrew Wiggins had 20. That's enough. But then, you know, Draymond Green had four points. Looney had four points. You know, you look at the bench, Porter had 12, and Poole had 9. Golden State needs more. Now, here's the interesting part of this. Golden State shot 42% from three-point range. They made 19 three-pointers. So it's not like they didn't shoot it well. They shot the ball well against a good defensive team from distance. But the in-between game wasn't there, by and large. Rebounds were even at 39. Turnovers were virtually even. But it was a 17 nothing surge in the fourth quarter by the Celtics, which put this game away, which sets the table for game two. So now it becomes a must-win game for the Warriors, who are favored to win this thing, as everybody has talked about, and the fact that Las Vegas has put them in that position. You can understand why with their championship pedigree and their scoring ability. Bottom line is that Golden State's now in a must-win situation. Must win. You know, you look back at the Miami series, where – Boston is concerned. And, I mean, it went down to the final seconds. And Miami didn't get the credit it deserved. Miami's a good basketball team. And Miami didn't have a healthy Tyler Hero, which really hurt them. And they played Boston to the end. But Boston is so good defensively. And as I mentioned before, Boston shoots it like this, look out. Boston won this game with Tatum gone three for 17. you got to keep that in mind, too. So I certainly think the Celtics are in a very good position now that they've stolen a game on the road. Look, they can afford to lose game two. And they're still going to be in good shape. Brad Stevens stepping up the team president. has done a really good job. And Imei Yudoka has done a really good job as the head coach. Pretty impressive uh, to watch what has transpired uh, with this franchise and where it's at right now. Of course, it's one of the most storied franchises. In NBA history, if not the most storied franchise, goes without saying. And, of course, where the league is concerned, you know the league is thrilled. It got the matchup it wanted. And when you're talking about Golden State and Boston, you couldn't have had a better scenario based upon the teams that were in the playoffs and who could get there realistically. This is the matchup the league wanted. This is the matchup the league got. So very impressive and you've got a situation now where Golden State, as I mentioned, has to win this second game. Crazy. So you're looking at a situation now where the Celtics are looking good, and the Celtics, to me, have the upper hand. Meanwhile, when you look at the NHL finals and the conference finals, for you hockey fans, Tampa Bay two-time defending champion, down a game for the New York Rangers. They play game two tonight. Rangers dominated game one, six to two. That doesn't figure to happen again. We'll see what happens tonight. But again, the Lightning have won two in a row. And it's hard to win three straight, man, (laughs) in anything, much less two straight on the professional level. And then, of course, on the Western Conference side of things, the Colorado Avalanche are now up two games to none on the Edmonton Oilers by virtue of their win last night. 4-0, 4 nothing, dominant performance. And I've been watching the hockey playoffs. And I tell you, I I have a hard time seeing anybody beat Colorado. I just think they're playing great. They skate well. They're fast as can be. Their goalkeeper has been a stud. He's just absolutely stoned opponents much of the way. And they had a very tough series with the Blues, and I think that benefited them greatly. So I think they're in a good position, too, and I like their chances. Moving forward, so to me, Tampa Bay is a two-time defending champ. I think they'll come back against the Rangers. And Colorado just looks really good in the West, my take. Did you see the NBA story, getting back to the NBA, about Phil Knight? The founder of Nike? Partnering with Dodgers part-owner Alan Smolenski? to make an offer of $2 billion to buy the Portland Trail Blazers? Interesting. They're talking to Paul Allen and his company. But the response from the Blazers is the team remains not for sale. Forbes lists the Blazers' value at $2.05 million. At least that's what they listed it in 2021 as. And apparently this bid is in that range. So there's an offer from significant people out there. But again, right now the Blazers' response is not interested in selling. Of course, Portland, one of the smaller markets in the NBA, but they have great fan support. Right now they're in a little bit of a state of flux, right? Trader McCollum, Lillard really seemingly would like to get out. So we'll see. They're changing the franchise. New general manager, Joe Cronin. Chauncey Billups will be a second year head coach. So, again, a lot of change taking place there. But at least at this point, it doesn't appear that the franchise is going to sell. Still up in the air, but at least it looks that way. Although, as we have said forever and a day, the old saying says money talks. When someone makes a significant offer, even if you're not looking to sell, you got to take a look at it. And I think that certainly that will be the case where this is concerned. Although I, like I said before, I don't know uh, the the inside story here, and I don't think that anything's going to happen. Congratulations to Coco Golf, the American 18 seed in the final of the French Open. Pretty special as she advances. At her youthful age, Iga Swiatek, though, the top seed, pretty special, too, and hard to beat. So, see how that goes. But, again, a great accomplishment for Coco Golf, regardless of what the outcome ends up being uh, at the French Open. She's uh, done a great job in that capacity as well. We have one more segment left to go on this Friday evening. Ken Trahan with you, Rudy Dixon, our producer. This is all access. A reminder: Three Teal Gators show tomorrow morning, 10 to noon. Ed Daniels and I are looking forward to that. We'll take this final time out back with a final word in a moment as we continue here on Friday night on 1061 FM Nash Icon, and we're on the web. As always, you can catch us at NashFM1061.com.
3: I'm Joel Clark, a select quote agent, with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and he can't take it with him. Well, I went to work and found Ray, who's 40 and takes medication to control his high blood pressure, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. That's way more coverage for a lot less than what he was paying. If SelectQuote didn't shop for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much.
0: For your free quote and to find out how much you can save, call 1-800-885-9500. That's 1-800-885-9500. 1-800-885-9500. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save.
5: Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states.
3: strong insurers call 800-715-9880 that's right annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report both absolutely free for calling today call 800-715-9880 that's 800-715-9880 Sponsored by Annuity General. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term.
4: This is Matt Crowder, live at the gas station on 41st Street, reporting on those skyrocketing gas prices. Excuse me, miss. Are you buying less gas now because of the high prices? Oh, I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes. I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Well, does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, well, there you have it. Stop paying full price for gas. Download the free Upside app and get real cash back every time you buy gas. This is Matt Crowder, Radio News Network. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SALE for a $5 bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or any gift. Card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SALE for a five dollar bonus on your first tank. That's code SALE. Texting enrolls you in a reoccurring automated text messages. Message data rates may apply. Men over forty, is your body feeling soft and not as lean? Are you losing your energy, drive, or even your passion? If so, you could be feeling the loss of growth hormone. The reality is, as early as twenty five, your natural production of GH begins to significantly slow down, which means you start slowing down. Well, listen to this. New GH Boost from Eugenics is the world's first. First and only non-prescription supplement that safely supercharges your body's GH production at night when it naturally occurs. Clinical studies show the ingredients in GH Boost can increase your body's own GH levels by more than 100% in just the first 90 minutes. And right now, NuGenix is letting every man in America try a complimentary two-week sample by texting HAWK to 321321. Now get GH Boost and get your swagger back at the gym and in the bedroom. It's killing at GNC, but you can only get your sample by texting HAWK to 321321. That's H A W K to 321. 321. Text HAWK to 321321.
3: These products and statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or illness.
0: Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on all access with Ken Trahan on 1061-FM-NASH-ICON at nashfm1061.com and through crescentcitysports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061.
1: Glad you're with us on this Friday night as our final segment begins. Ken Trahan with you. And, of course, we always refer you to CrescentCitySports.com for so much sports information. And, of course, where high school information is concerned, we always steer you there. You can read my column on the latest from the LHSAA, which we'll get into tomorrow morning on our show and look forward to doing that on the Three Tailgaters show. But, again, the end result was that championships are reunited, The select schools will play their championships at the same sites as the non select schools. Many people look at that as a shot at the select schools for taking away the opportunity to play at their own venues and make money, which they did significantly more than they made playing under the LHSA umbrella at the same sites. The trade off for that is obvious, and that is the 16 to 5 vote by the executive committee to reclassify as many as 80 to 85 schools as select schools from non-select, which means the select school side now has a significant number of schools participating. And the playoffs become legitimate. And we don't see the same schools playing each other over and over and over again in the playoffs every year after playing in the regular season. So those are the... It, it's a split decision, as I wrote. It's positives and as negatives. Some people feel a they're very skeptical about it, that this move was made simply to take away the ability of select schools to make money from their own championships, and I get that. And I'm not too sure that's not accurate. We'll see. Time will tell, because here's the rub. While this was passed by the executive committee, there's a convention in January, as always, and the school members will have a chance to vote. And do you really think they're going to vote for this to happen? If you're one of those schools being reclassified, and you adamantly are against being a select school, are you really going to vote for this? So, I think you have to look at it, uh, you know, through I think two different sets of glasses one jaded and one clear. The clear side is this is for the greater good, they're trying to do something positive, and maybe, just maybe, the membership will consider doing something for the greater good. But do you really think that's going to happen? Because then you put the other glasses on, the jaded glasses, and what do you see? You see an organization that votes consistently against any attempt to reunite. And this is the latest attempt. So why would you think this would be any different? And that's the skeptic in me. And I'm an optimist by nature. So again, I have to ask that question. What's the real goal here? Was it to reunite and get more schools select and balance it almost 50-50 percentage-wise and have real playoffs on both sides and less bad playoff games and more real champions? Or was the goal simply to take away the ability of the select schools to stage their own championships and make significantly more money, which is exactly what happened and has happened since 2019 when they first did this. 2020, they played under the same umbrella with pandemics taking place, but in 21 and 22, the separation has been there. So all of this is under the guise of trying to do the